We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. This is Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers just took on the Bucks in their fifth preseason game. A lot of minutes for the South Bay Lakers guys, particularly in the second half, but we still have plenty to break down from the first half, even shorthanded. No LeBron, no Austin Reeves, no Gabe Vincent. They had a bunch of guys out of action for this one. Again, just preseason, but I thought the Lakers played with a pretty good spark and gave us some stuff to be excited about in the first half of this game. So we've got plenty to talk about, particularly from the first half on this one. Second half, eh, was a lot of the South Bay Laker guys out there. But lots to break down. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Joining me tonight, we've got the one, the only, Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, Trevor. Uh, got to get back on the old mic here ahead of the regular season, which is next week, surprisingly. That's right. It's coming up fast. It is coming up really fast. Lakers are going to be playing on October 24th against the Denver Nuggets, which I didn't realize, Matt, how early that game against the Nuggets is. 4.30 PT. Uh, so for weird. anyone working working and trying to get home in time, good luck. Weird, weird, weird that, that, that the game is that early. I guess it's because they've got... Because the NBA took a look at the East and said... Nah, we can't have that on opening night. And so they went with two Western Conference te- uh, games, which means that one of those teams had to play a little bit earlier so they could go with the back-to-back. I believe it's uh, Suns and Warriors is the second game that night. Uh, before we start diving into, every- into everything, quick reminder, over on the YouTube channel, we do have memberships opened up now for both uh, two tiers. We've got our starter tier and our all-star tier and some perks. I think some pretty cool stuff. That comes along with each one of those. So if you guys want to check that out, hit that join button. You'll see some people in the chat have the little extra Lakers Nation logo that says that they have joined up and become a, a member of Lakers Nation on YouTube. Uh, so kind of a cool program that I'm really excited about. So you guys can check that out. Uh, Matt, let's dive into this game. Uh, it definitely, I do, do we just throw out the entire second half? Is that kind of, <laughs> is that kind of where we're at? I was giggling because I was going to say, like, we could talk about the first half. Uh, second half was um, kind of parked for course for how the preseason has looked. I mean, rightfully so. Um, no need to throw the regulars out there quite right now. But, um, yeah, that was a game. 
Um, I was on the old uh, Twitter slash X for the uh, Lakers Nation account today and was struggling mm-hmm. to find different ways to say South Bay Lakers the whole time. But you know what? <laughs> um, I mean, I, th- I had fun watching the game. There were some spurts here and there in the second half. But I mean, overall, I think what everyone here really cares about is how the regulars look. And I think the trend has been just going up and up. And so that's what I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, I thought that in this game, particularly in, and we'll get into the stats in a minute, but particularly in the first half, one of my big questions coming into the game was, what are the Lakers going to look like defensively? I think their offense has been really good for much of preseason. Part of that can be the results. They've been making a lot of shots, but the offenses look good. They look like there's been chemistry there. They've been generating good open looks. Defensively, I've had a few concerns, and I thought that in the first half, defensively, they played the best that we've seen them play so far in preseason. I thought they really stepped things up a notch. We saw a few different defensive coverages that they threw out, which Sean Davis, I'm sure we'll talk more about in our, our post post game show, which is going to come up after this show. But I thought defensively, the Lakers were pretty impressive to, to me. It was a noticeable improvement compared to what we've seen before. Yeah, that was one of the things that stuck out in the first half for sure. Um, it looked like guys were more on the string than what we've been used to so far this preseason. I thought, you know, specifically, I thought Christian Wood was pretty impressive today. Um, definitely a lot more activity that I've seen from him so far. Um, seemed to be in better spots this time around. Definitely hustled on a few plays too, just to get back into the play. So I enjoyed that. And yeah, um, obviously the Bucks are also still working through some things um, with Damian Lillard being integrated and whatnot. But that's still a championship caliber team that the Lakers played pretty evenly so far so um all in all like i think the defensively like it'll come for sure especially because the lakers themselves were missing a few rotation guys so um i'm not panicking by by any stretch but definitely a step in the right direction today and mamba mentality joining up with lakers nation on the the uh youtube membership thank you for that um so when i look at what we saw out out of this game and i think about what like the context to put this in the Lakers were down three at halftime. Yep. And I think it's important that if we're going to mention the guys the Lakers were missing, the Bucs were also missing Chris Middleton, who's yep. been injured quite a bit in recent seasons. But nonetheless, they were missing him, which that, I mean, he definitely matters. He's a really good player. But the Lakers were missing LeBron and Austin Reeves. So that's two of your top three players, right? Uh, they were also missing Gabe Vincent, who is your primary backup guard. It's the reason why Scottie Pippen Jr., Played so many minutes, 25 minutes in this game for Pippen Jr. Uh, And then you were also missing Jared Vanderbilt. We need to talk about Vando and his injury and what that may mean for the Lakers from the start of now the regular season. Potentially being in question here, so we'll talk about that. Um, Those are the the, the main pieces that the Lakers were without in this. one. also Jalen Hochefino was was out, but he's had his struggles in, in preseason. But the Lakers are missing at minimum... Four rotation players, right? Four solid rotation players, and two of them are two of your best three players. And they trailed the Bucs by three at halftime. And I'm biased. I thought the Bucs got a very favorable whistle. I thought Damian Lillard got a very favorable whistle in the first half. I thought the Lakers played the Bucs pretty even. And to me, that's actually encouraging that without all the guys they were missing, the Lakers were still right there with the team that's supposed to be one of the best in the East. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's preseason, so take this yes. with a grain of salt. But for sure, um, I mean, I'm definitely in agreement, right? Like, I mean, on paper, if you, I mean, I, I don't think there are a lot of people that came into this night expecting the Lakers to win, given how many people were out for them. But 
to see them play competitive, to see them, you know, basically go toe to toe with the Bucks for the first half, um, with them playing basically regular minutes for their guys, um, I think definitely encouraging for sure. Um, as long as they keep that up, and um, hopefully we see more of that in the preseason finale this Thursday against the Suns, when I think they should have basically everyone available, maybe Vando. Um, if that continues on to into the final game, I'm going to feel pretty good about the first couple weeks of the season. I think on Vando, Darwin has already said that he's that Vando's not going to play Thursday. I also saw that. Um, I don't think they've officially ruled him out, but right, yeah. But so that's not good. He's dealing. So what I don't like about Vando is that the the language is changing. Yep. Right. Like what they're saying. Darwin sounded like, oh yeah, no big deal. He's definitely playing in the opener, and and that's not now. Suddenly, he doesn't seem as convinced of that, and sounds like Vanderbilt's getting reevaluated. I want to say Friday. Yep. After the preseason game, so that tells you he's not playing in Thursday's preseason game if he's getting reevaluated on friday um that's a little bit concerning now the lakers have tons of wing depth finally i've been asking for it for years they've got tons of wing depth now which is great but jared vanderbilt now it seems a bit more up in the air whether or not he'll actually be around to start the regular season does this if no vando does that just lock in that torian prince is starting yeah, so two things here. One, yeah, I just wrote this for LakersNation.com. Uh, go check it out. Um, Darvin, before the game, was asked about Vando's availability, and he basically said, we'll see. <laughs> um, don't like it when your head coach is noncommittal no. after being so confident that he was going to play next week. So that's not good. Um, and then two, yeah, I, I also think, you know, from just a logistic standpoint, since Vando hasn't played the last four games, um, getting those starter reps is is really crucial, I think. And even though he has experience playing with the guys already, I think Torian Prince has already proven that he's like pretty much as seamless of a fit as a fifth starter as you could probably ask for if you're the Lakers. So mm -hmm. I think Torian is definitely in the lead, if not just outright the starter already. Yeah, I, I think that his three-point shooting has been really, really good. And that's been something that uh, you know, he's two for five and this one's that's 40%. That's great. Uh, that's something that will fit in very nicely with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis. And then if he can be good defensively, at least solid defensively, um, defending the other team's best wing players, that will, uh, that's going to lead to plenty of minutes. I, I think it's worth noting that he was one of the guys that Darvin Ham pulled at halftime and said, nope, we're shutting you down at, at this point, uh, along with AD, along with uh, D'Angelo Russell. So yeah, it does seem like the the path is clear now. He, he was, I think, third on my list. I had Rui and Vando ahead of Torian Prince. Same. I, I think he is now the heavy favorite to to start for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just kind of debating between Rui and Vando because they've got the experience and continuity mm -hmm. piece already with this team. But I think Torian's shown me throughout the preseason so far that he does look like a natural fit in the starting rotation. And so... Um, I'm still of the mindset that the starting rotation or the, whoever the starters are is a little bit overrated and it depends on who the closing lineup is. Um, but I think Torian is also making a strong case to be one of the yeah. closers also. hundred percent. hundred percent. Ace of hearts threw with the super chat. How many times did SPJ airball this game? <laughs> a few times. That's fair. But I, I also, you, so we were over on playback during the game and I, I was talking to Sean and I, and I said, I think this may be the last time we see Scottie Pippen Jr. with the Lakers, right? Like if Thursday is a full dress rehearsal for the regular season and he's not on a two-way contract, he's just on a G League contract, like he'll play with South Bay. But if you're Scottie Pippen Jr. and you look at what's coming, you look at, hey, everybody's except for Vando is probably going to play on Thursday. 
this is it. So we, you might as well go out guns blazing. And he sure did nine shot attempts, just two for nine shooting four of nine from the free throw line. So he didn't shoot the way he wanted to, but he got all the opportunity he he could possibly ask for 25 minutes for Scottie Pippen Jr. in this one because both Gabe Vincent and JHS were out. I I really do. I think this is the last we see of Scottie Pippen Jr. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, he's just on a training camp deal, not on a two-way contract. I think he is already basically the kind of player he would be at the professional level. So while he'll probably will make the G League roster again, um, I do not foresee him playing in the final preseason game barring probably like massive garbage time but still yes yes if it gets crazy garbage time then then perhaps that uh that'll happen that'll happen all right let's get into some of the stats before i get into some more of our chat questions um anthony davis was in fact i i I might as well I, i might as well superstar of the night I don't even think there's much of a lively debate here. Anthony Davis, 16 points, seven boards, five assists, two steals, two blocks. He did that in one half. That's a full game's worth of stats. He did that in one half. It's pretty good. (laughs) For anyone doing fantasy basketball, AD, strong choice for uh, your first round. What did you think of, uh, of AD's continued three-point shooting, one for two in this one, and his second one, he doesn't hesitate at all. He just caught it and let it fly. Didn't make it, but but AD shooting a three, if preseason is an indication of how the regular season is going to go, it looks like the three-point shot is back on the menu for him. I love it, personally. I mean, it's preseason, right? Like, why not try to build some early confidence going into the regular season? Um, this is the time to let it fly. No LeBron, no Reeves. Someone's got to take some more shots. Might as well be AD, and um, I think we all can agree that Darwin's uh, six attempts per game thing is a little ambitious, but mm-hmm. if he's hovering around like three, four attempts on good looks, like I'm, I'm not going to say no. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's shooting up with confidence. Uh, the stroke looks good. Um, one for two, like, I mean, not anything to write home about, but that's definitely better than, you know, zero for two. So I'll take that too. He's not taking the six that Darvin was talking about. And I, I think, I, I don't even know how serious he was being, but if AD in a regular season, uh, just on average on the course of the season, if he winds up somewhere in the vicinity of three attempts per game, that's pretty good. That's enough to at least keep defenses honest and keep them keep them guessing about whether or not you're going to actually pull the trigger from behind the arc. So that's all you're really looking. It's not like you're, you're asking for him to become Steph Curry and suddenly he's averaging like 10 threes a game or something. No, just, just put up a few. Hit him at a decent enough clip just to keep defenses honest. That's it. That's all you're looking for. Yep, absolutely. And like I said, if they've come within the flow of the offense, they're a good look. Um, or even especially if they're at the end of a shot clock, like by all means. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell. Because yeah. D'Lo, four for eight, one assist. So didn't, didn't stuff the stat sheet here in, in, in 20 minutes, but 11 points. And Dante with a super chat said D'Lo played lockdown defense against Dame Dalla in the first half. Wood also looked good on defense. We'll talk about Wood in just a minute. The Lakers have a championship team. So focusing in on the D'Angelo Russell piece of that, I think D'Lo is having the best preseason of any Laker, like compared to what our expectations were anyway, coming into, into the season. D'Lo is having a phenomenal preseason and I think we need to make sure, and I, I've mentioned this on a few shows, but we don't want to overlook the defensive improvements. He's been good offensively. That's what he's known for. But 
he's been pretty good defensively. And I love that he said the other day that he just doesn't want to be a liability on that end of the floor. Is this is this the D'Lo that you think we're going to get for the regular season? Man, I hope so, because he is right? mauling out. He, I, good. Dep- I agree with you. I mean, I think we expected this level of play from AD to a certain extent. Like, I think you can even argue he's been a little bit better at this point. But I think what, what you said, given the expectations coming into preseason, D'Angelo has been by far and away the best Laker. I think he's over. I don't want to say he's overachieving, but he's definitely playing at a higher level than you probably would have expected him to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, admittedly, he got killed a lot over the summer for the playoffs. Um, seems like he took that to heart. Seems that he really focused on what he needed to improve. And he's doing the things that the team's asking him to do. Um, all the things about, you know, full training camp, offseason, et cetera. Like that's obviously paying dividends too. So um, if we get this level of D'Angelo or even close to it for the entirety of the regular season, man, the Lakers are going to be so, so good. I love that we're finally seeing stuff defensively. That makes you go, oh yeah, he actually does have super long arms. <laughs> like, that, like he does. Bit, I mean, yeah. people, we don't think of him as being one of those guys that has a crazy long wingspan, and he does. But now we're starting to see him use that. We're seeing him block shots, right? We're seeing that out of him. He had a, had a block in this game today. So I, I think that if he's even, even below average defensively, that's a solid improvement here, and that and that goes a long way towards helping out the Lakers. And then on the offensive end, I love he's so under control, and he's so aware of what this team needs from him. If what the team needs from him is going to be very different when everybody's on the floor. But right now, he understands everything's kind of got to run through him, and he's got to be the setup guy. And I think he's done a really nice job uh, of that. So this has been a great preseason for D'Angelo Russell, and couldn't be happier for a guy who got shredded all summer. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, I think, you know, going back to our uh, video back in um, Summer League at the old Blue Wire Studios, we were talking about, you know, value contracts for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I reluctantly at the time picked D'Angelo, and now I'm starting to feel pretty good about my pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the other thing, too, going back to, like, you know, the size and ranginess of D'Lo, like, did you notice the starting lineup and how, like, just massive they were? Yeah. Torian Prince at the two. So D'Lo is Torian Prince is what six seven six eight. Yeah. Rui is six eight. Christian Wood is six ten. AD is six eleven. That's I mean that's a huge starting lineup. Yeah, like positional size is just yeah. a thing in the NBA, and to have D'Lo as your shortest dude at six four, it's pretty nuts. Uh, but defensively, yeah, like he's looked a lot better. Like I'm not gonna say he's a world beater or anything, or like just all defensive guy, but. Um, even to just be serviceable and even good in spurts is a massive win for the Lakers. I'll tell you one of the things that bothered me though, Matt, is with that size, because I was interested to see you know what the team did with with this much size as well. Um, you look at it here on the box score, 15 offensive rebounds for the Bucks. Yep. They had like seven or eight in the first quarter. And that was with the big lineup on the floor. That was an issue for the Lakers last season where they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Did that Worry you at all seeing the Bucks get so many offensive rebounds? At one point, they had like 15 missed shots and seven offensive rebounds. That was the Bucks in the Bucks stat line. Does that concern you at all? Um, I think a little bit. Um, I think that it's going to be a group effort when the Lakers decide to go a little bit smaller. Like I know, like Christian Wood's tall, but like he's not like the most like you know built dude, so he's going to get pushed around underneath a little bit. Um, and the same thing for the other perimeter guys. I think I think guys just have to do a better job of crashing the boards and helping box out too. So 
I, I think given all the size the Lakers have, I think it's a correctable issue personally. But I mean, tonight was just not a good showing in that regard. But I think Darvin Ham and the coaching staff will probably point that out in, in the film room and say, you know, this is this is stuff we got to clean up. So I'm not concerned about it quite yet, but it is a little bit um, interesting that the Lakers were being out rebounded so poorly today. I've got a lot of fans in the in the comments that are saying, yes, they're concerned. Jerry McWest says it, it was concerning uh, the rebounding and that has been an issue. Um, good point here. Rebounding has been an issue for New Year's now, but at least we're not turning the ball over like with with Russ at the wheel. Uh, how many turnovers did the Lakers finish with in this game? I'll be honest. I didn't pay much attention to that stat once it got into the later part. Only 14 turnovers and you played the South Bay Lakers for most of the second half. That's not, That's not bad. bad. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, the other question on that super chat was that Christian Wood thought he did a good job defensively. Wood, though, just one for six shooting. Can't seem to get on track shooting the ball here with the Lakers. Also had a couple of turnovers, three points. Where are you at on him right now? Yeah, I, you know, to be honest with you, Christian Wood's about where I thought he would be um, a little bit. But it's it's kind of funny, right? Like, I thought offensively he'd be better and defensively he'd be worse. But I think the inverse is happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to trip about the offensive stuff quite yet. Um, he did sign a little bit later in the offseason. So I'm assuming that it'll take him a little bit of time to uh, to get his, like, bearings a little bit. But I also have noticed, too, he's done a lot worse in, like, isolation or in situations where yeah. he needs to create offense for the team um he's looked a lot better when he gets to pick and pop or when he's on the roll or on the move stuff like that so i think in a game where you're not where you don't have like an austin reeves or lebron james to help set the table um it's going to be a little bit more difficult for christian wood and so i'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass tonight but i am a little bit concerned that like he's having trouble finishing around the rim against length and height um the, the jumper seems to come and go too so hopefully that clears itself up but he played a lot more minutes than i think he normally would um so again not not too big of a deal for me quite yet he's had a number of plays where he's he's just sort of rumbling to the rim and i feel like he's looking for the whistle he's trying to get the get the foul and look there have been times where he's been fouled and it hasn't been called i've seen that too but he's get he's almost a little bit out of control and so he's not getting very good looks and then if he doesn't get the whistle well then it winds up being a, a bad shot attempt and so I'd like to see those trimmed down, and maybe they will be when you have an actual full complement of players out there on the floor. His presence, at least, behind the three-point line does open things up in the middle for some other guys to work, and that's something that you know we want to keep an eye on. But I've had some people tell me they want to see Christian Wood in the starting lineup. I just I, I just don't see that as being a, a possibility right now. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I mean, I know the two big lineup is was interesting in spurts tonight, but I think ultimately mm-hmm. it's going to look the best with LeBron and his spot, AD at the five per usual. Um, that's not a bad second unit look. Like when LeBron decides to rest and you want to have yeah. the two big lineup, I think that's perfectly fine. I think Christian would look also a lot better against reserves rather than starters. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at on it. I, I'm I'm also in agreement. I think you know he shouldn't start, but I definitely think he'll have a role. All right, let's let's do this. Star in your role. The star in your role award. Matt, of everybody else, who do you think was the best at doing their job? Mm, there's a there's a few candidates for tonight. I mean, we talked about D'Lo a lot, but I, you know, for me, like I think he's like kind of in between the superstar of the night and and this and this award. So I'm not gonna oh, pick sure. him. Um, 
I mean, we've already talked about him a lot, so I think it's it's deserved. But I'm gonna go with Torian Prince. I just thought he had like a solid game. Nothing like really sticks out to you, but just a solid dude. Did a lot of good things on the court in his minutes. 15 minutes, eight points, two rebounds, uh, two of five from beyond the arc. I just think you know, as a fifth starter, you're not gonna be asked to do a lot other than that stuff. And I thought mm-hmm. he did that tonight. So uh, kudos to him for really you know accepting the role and buying into it. No, I think I think that's a great pick. I think D'Angelo Russell is a fair pick too, but because we've already spent a lot of time talking about him, I want to throw a little bit uh, a shine to my guy Jackson Hayes. He's also thought, he was also going to throw out there. Yep, Jackson Hayes, two for two, seven points, didn't miss a shot, didn't miss a free throw, two of two from the field, three of three from the free throw line. Postered Robin Lopez. Yeah, six boards, four assists, three blocks, and what is it that you want from Jackson Hayes? Number one, go out there, play with a lot of energy. Check. He did that. Go out there, protect the rim. Did that and throw down a few highlight real moments just to get everybody fired up because that's he's got the athleticism to do it. He did it twice. He had an incredible block and he had a great drive and dunk that poster you're talking about on Robin Lopez. So I thought Jackson Hayes, in terms of what you're looking for out of him, he did all the things and then some. So I, I was impressed with him. And I think that his versatility defensively, particularly when he's an off-ball rim protector, was enough where I could see a Jackson Hayes-Christian Wood pairing in the bench unit for for certain stretches of the season. Yeah, no, Jackson's been really good. I mean, he. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's been the best backup big so far through mm-hmm. preseason. Um, I didn't think about you know Hayes and Christian Wood, you know, two big lineups, but you know that's pretty interesting now that I'm really starting to think about it. Um, but yeah, he is basically playing the exact role you wanted him to, and he's doing it really well. Um, I like the energy. I like the mobility that he shows. He's a little bit switchier than Christian Wood, in my opinion. He's also got some pretty decent instincts as a weak side shot blocker. So, you know, you pair him next to Christian Wood or you pair him next to AD. I think he can thrive in either of those roles. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just fun to see athletic dudes on the Lakers. Yeah um maxwell lewis is another guy that's been sticking out to me during preseason just because super raw as a prospect but man like the physical tools like no wonder the scouting department was all over him but back to jackson hayes again just the energy and the athleticism he he infuses in this roster is really interesting to me and i think he is also originally who i thought was going to be the odd man out but mm-hmm. i just think darvin's going to have a hard time keeping him off the floor now i see him now he's smaller than JaVale McGee. He's like like sir, he's like 40 or 50 pounds lighter than JaVale. Like Jackson is not a a, a heavy guy. Um but he's he kind of sort of checks that box. Like super athletic, can extend those arms, can block some shots. Now he can't, he's not gonna be, you know, as immovable of an object. Not that JaVale was completely immovable, but he's gonna be a little bit easier to score on in the post. And you know, the upside is he's a little bit more uh light on his feet on the perimeter. He's able to move around and, and stick with guys. He's got a bit more agility, but you're seeing the kind of highlight blocks, the highlight dunks, the lobs, that kind of stuff. You can see him in that sort of role for this Lakers team. And so that's exciting. I think Jackson Hayes had a really good preseason and i agree i think he played his way into rotation minutes uh so far we'll see what he does by the way darvin ham in the post game saying the first three quarters on uh thursday against phoenix will be regular season rotation so maybe we do see scotty pippen in the fourth quarter uh on thursday but the first three quarters will be the regular rotation for the lakers so that's exciting Ooh, does that mean we finally get to 
we finally get confirmation of the starting lineup? I think so. I think so. I was kind of hoping they would disguise it all the way until opening night, though. And what are you, Rich Gannon? Or not Rich Gannon, Jonathan Gannon? <laughs> Cardinals head coach. I mean, I mean just, so, just so the, the Nuggets don't know who you're playing. But doesn't matter that much, probably not. Everything Lakers said chemistry trumps all for championship squads. Number 18. I feel like this team's chemistry is really good. They are fun. Yeah. Lot, like, I know a lot. Fun. I think a lot of people have been throwing out the 2020 Lakers as like the um, the avatar for this team. Um, I think the vibes are just a little bit different, but I could see why people are saying it because like all the practice clips that the official accounts are throwing out, just the guys seem to be in better moods. Like you can even tell like on the court and off the bench, like guys are like having fun, interacting with each other, laughing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Good to see. So uh, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, I think, you know, the other thing that we haven't really talked about quite, quite yet is at the trade deadline, there's not going to have to be this massive overhaul again, hopefully yes. not. So really, I think guys are just more comfortable knowing that they're here for at least this season. And so I think that's also playing a part into this. Great point. Great point. Uh, Charles Smith, welcome. Joining the uh, Lakers Nation YouTube membership, Austin Fox as well and antoine wood got some uh some cool perks i think for members including extra shows including badges extra emojis all kinds of stuff and the all-star tier gets input into the content we produce as well which is fun in fact got something i think i'm gonna send out tomorrow uh asking for a little bit of uh insight and some help on a project i'm working on Ooh. all right uh maddie james said I really want to see Colin Castleton play next to AD. I feel like they would complement each other. So I thought that Castleton had his best game of the preseason so far. Only four points, but three blocks. I thought he was more of a presence around the rim. I, I don't think he's, at this point, seeing regular season minutes. But I think he is improving, and that's a good sign for the future. Yeah, very much a developmental big. I mean, we're all Colin Castleton fans on the channel here. Mm -hmm. I think he's got you know a future in the NBA for sure. Um, not this year, but I mean, I can definitely see him rising up the ranks through the season, like with South Bay this year. Um, I think that's going to be fun. Like, honestly, Trevor, like I'm probably going to catch more South Bay Laker games than I have in previous years, just because I think the Lakers have got a pretty decent talent pool down there. Oh yeah. I mean, look, you can go catch Des Moines Hodge. You can go, I mean, look, Maxwell Lewis might be getting some minutes there. JHS could get some minutes there, of course. Uh, but I mean, you're definitely, you're going to see. Demoy Hodge out there. You're going to see Alex Fudge. You're going to see Colin Castleton. They've got some guys. They've got some mm -hmm. guys that'll be interesting to go check out. Uh, I could be surfing. Said, is this a better starting roster than 2020? Ooh. It's so hard. I mean, hindsight is, I guess, pun intended. It, hindsight is 2020, right? <laughs> but um, it's so it's so tough to say if this is a better because we're going to look back on that team very fondly because they won a championship. Um, I'm going to say no. Um, only, only, only because the 2020 team featured a younger LeBron and AD. Oh, good and point. I think that will trump anything else across these two rosters. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Having the, having the younger version of LeBron James puts that group ahead. That makes sense. And look, this this team, they have good chemistry in terms of the way they're interacting with each other. I've seen good chemistry on the court. 
but we don't know what that's going to look like in December and January and all, all that. So this team still has a lot to prove, I think, before we can put them ahead of a team that won a championship, that came together with a bunch of new faces and just clicked immediately, which is very, very rare for an NBA team. Definitely an outlier of a team, um, a very special group. And so I'm not prepared to put this group ahead of that 2020 team yet either. Um, some people in the chat saying are, are arguing talent. Um, what what do you think, Trevor? I think if you I took mean, every piece individually, you probably have an argument. It's pretty close. I mean, Danny Green, you think about Avery Bradley at that point. And remember, it's guys at this point, Dwight Howard, you had JaVale McGee, uh, they had, you know, KCP, you had uh, Alex Caruso. All the pieces just fit on that team. But talent-wise? I mean, if you think about it. Sure. D'Lo, Reeves would probably easily be the third and fourth best guys on that roster too, right? Yeah. That's a toughie. That is tough. I think you can make a strong argument either way. And that's actually, I think, a very big compliment to this year's team. That you can make a strong argument either way. Um, all right, Super Dope Hip Hop said, Lakers need this aggressive all-around two-way God-tier 86-95 to Hakeem type <laughs> AD to win. That's very descriptive. I like that. Uh, double his first half, and that's 93-95 Hakeem type monster line. If AD does this every single night, we're talking about the MVP award, right? Like, oh, yeah. I'm not saying he wins it, but he's in the conversation. Oh, dude. If you told me AD averages close to 30 points a game, double-digit rebounds, couple steals, couple blocks, and, you know, we haven't even talked about the passing element, which he has looked really, really good in preseason so far. Um, if you told me AD, like, touches three, maybe even four assists a night, shoot. That dude is definitely one, if not... He's definitely one of the MVP frontrunners, if that's going to be his stat line. For sure. For sure. All right, Mamba Mentality. We'll do a few more here. Said, do you think Braun, Reeves, Gabe will play next game? Rui, AD, out. So we've already got confirmation from Darvin Ham. They're all playing next game, um, including the guys who sat today with the exception of Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, he said, in my opinion, don't play any of the starters at all in the last preseason game. Practice, rest up, and let's cook some nuggets opening night. Well, I agree with the last part, but I, I think they need to get all these guys on the floor together for, for a sort of dress rehearsal if nothing else. Yeah, I agree. I, they've got to do it. I mean, I, I'm glad Darvin said three quarters because I think, you know, that's that's pretty indicative of like, let me see, like he's trying to sip basically a, a real game. But if you told me it was even for a half, I'd, I'd be pretty satisfied just because, yeah. again, like we've been trying all offseason to kind of piece together the the puzzle of like who who's going to come in, who's going to come out, what kind of looks is this coaching staff really looking for, uh, which guys are going to get more minutes over the others. But um, I think we'll get a lot of those answers come Thursday. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite segment. Let's take whatever the most annoying thing of the night was and let's put it in the master lock. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. For anybody who's new to the show, the way this works, we get to vent a little bit. We take whatever the most frustrating thing from a particular game was and we take it and we put it in. Our friend Chris, the Masterpiece Master's finishing hold. Not literally, of course, but nonetheless, we do it anyway. Uh, Matt, given the personnel on the Bucks, I have a feeling I know <laughs> what you're going with. Here. That is an evil laugh. Oh, man. 
first master lock of the year for me, and it is, of course, Mr. Jay Crowder. <laughs> for anybody new, Matt has... I don't know if I want to say he's his arch rival. I think he's, I think Jay Crowder is your mortal enemy. So anytime anything involves Jay Crowder, he automatically gets the gets the master lock. You know what's funny though is that campaign was a very 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 close second for me today, and he will always be a close second to be the two times that the Lakers play the Bucks this season. <laughs> he he is the fact that they're on the same team team here. It's because uh, campaign is definitely up there in master lock ability right like you could you can definitely he can be very annoying in a lot of ways in a lot now both with the way he plays and and what he says so i think that is uh is is an excellent pick i like that um as far as what i'm going to master a lot of people say i've already used it so much but the refs um i've master locked the refs a bunch i don't necessarily want to go to that again but they were trying to catch their breath trevor come on they're still trying to catch their they're uh they're in preseason form they're in preseason form now so what i'm gonna master lock actually from this game i'm gonna master lock i'm gonna master lock the lakers and i'm gonna master lock the offensive rebounds they gave up because i it it's a problem we've seen in the past. We saw it uh, the series against the Golden State Warriors. It came up a bunch. It would feel like the Lakers defense dug in and they fought and they forced a tough shot with 23 seconds burned on the shot clock. And then they would give up an offensive rebound and you got to reset and go all over again. That's certainly frustrating to see. I don't want this team to have that same habit because it is so fr- it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating for the team. The offensive rebounding, or I should say the, the the team's defensive rebounding, that needs to be put in the master lock. That's got to be cleaned up. It's just one game, so I'm not sounding the alarm just yet, but it was a concern for me, the way they were giving up offensive rebounds to the Milwaukee Bucks, giving them second-chance scoring opportunities. It's something to keep an eye on and something the Lakers need to put a stop to. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think that's a good pick. Um, look, every team's not going to be perfect. Every team's going to have like their flaw. I mean, in this case, I hope it's not rebounding for the Lakers, given how much mm-hmm. we've talked about the size in the front court and at the wing positions and whatnot. But again, I'm going to wait to see how it all pans out when they've got the regulars out there. Uh, my my inkling is that it won't be as bad, but I would not be surprised if this lingers into the regular season, at least for the start of it. All right, we do have another new member joining up, and that is Chris. Welcome in, Chris. Hopefully you enjoy the, the perks that we're offering on the channel. Uh, Davion said Reddish was great on defense. I think he's going to bring it every night, bring the energy every night. The battle between him and Max may not be over. I also thought I, and the Lakers put Cam Reddish, gave him the task of defending Dame. And he didn't do poorly. I think Cam's defense has been pretty good. Offensively, he wasn't good the first game, but... I'll say this. I don't think Max Christie. I thought Max was going to really seize control when Reddish went out with injury. I don't think he's done that. I don't think he's done that right now in preseason um, to the point where I wonder if either one of them is going to get major minutes right now or if what we'll see is a little bit of Torian Torian Prince at the two and that being a, a method to get some more minutes for Jackson Hayes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, more, more so the Torian Prince at two look versus, versus Max versus Cam. Um, yeah. I am personally still on the Max has definitely outplayed Cam up to this point. Um, I, I would agree with that. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, though. I mean, Cam had yeah. more flashes today than he had the first time around, which, again, mm-hmm. first game with the team, right? Like, I'll, I, I'm happy to throw some of that out. Um, I think ultimately, and this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but I think the main difference between Cam and Max is really just going to be coming down to who shoots better from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, they're both going to play similar roles, at least offensively. Defensively, though, I mean, Cam does offer a little bit more length and height at the position, yeah. more so than Max. Um, Max has the continuity and upside factor to him, too. So I see the arguments for both. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see Darvin Ham mix and match those two a little bit throughout the regular season just to give himself and the other teams a different look. But, I mean, I don't think Cam's going to get buried on the bench like I thought he was originally going to be, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think he's showed well defensively. I think for Cam, Thursday's game is very important. Yep. Thursday's game is going to be very important for Cam. And I was saying it after game one when he did when he was playing terribly offensively. You can't write off guys after one game. Um, I, I think that his defense may be a real thing. And I like that the Lakers tried him on Lillard because that's one concern that we've got for the team this season. It's point of attack on quick guards and who can do that. And if they think there's even a chance that Cam can do it, now's the time. Now's the time to find out. Go throw him out there on Lillard and see what happens. And I thought he actually did fairly well. Uh, with the, you know, a few plays were a, a little wonky, but I, I kind of liked what we saw out of Cam Reddish today. So not saying that he would be a major minutes rotation guy, but I, I think he's probably still a bit more in the mix, mix than we would have thought. Like I said, I don't think Max necessarily sees control of the race there. Uh, Al said, I've been analyzing the Lakers since 95, can never guarantee a chip. That's that's the truth. But definitely to the finals this year. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. I that's love it. spicy. Definitely going to the finals this year. I like it. I like it, Al. I hope you're putting money on that then. Um, but yeah, that's uh, this team has that potential. This team has the potential to do that. The West is loaded and it's not going to be easy. But this team has the upside to do just that yeah i mean look i mean it's ultimately going to come down to i think personally the nuggets lakers and suns in the western conference i think that's kind of the consensus right now if you want to throw mm-hmm. in the warriors in there too i wouldn't be upset um yeah look upside is the finals team could not say that last off season so to be in this position now really pretty great let's just see if they can deliver uh rome said do you think the five out style hurts offensive rebounding or in the, in the Lakers case, defensive rebound, giving up offensive rebounds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I'm, or I guess they can't be talking about that. He's got to be talking about the Lakers own offensive rebounding. Uh, that's, in, my, that's my guess. In theory, it could, but like we saw with the warriors, 
in the playoffs last year, it depends on what your mentality is. The Warriors had a couple of guys that would crash and come flying in from the wing. And that actually gives you a little bit of an advantage to grab offensive rebounds. Number one, it puts you in better position to get the long bounce on the three, which they shoot a lot of threes. So it puts you in better position to get a long bounce, but it also gives you a running start going up, jumping against a stationary player. Now, again, that player already has position. They're in the right spot and all of that. But I don't think it has to hurt you if you're playing five out on offense. It depends on are you committing players to get back and defend? Or are you committing certain players to go get a running start, crash the glass, and try to get, at the very least, a hand on a ball? That's going to be a, a tactical decision for the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't really thought too, too much about this point, really. But um, I think Darwin and the coaching staff are probably in the mindset of, like, let's just not crash boards. Let's just get back on defense and try to set it as much as possible and force them to play in a half-court situation. Um, mm -hmm. That's generally how you see it in the playoffs, too. So I'm okay with that approach. I mean, if the Lakers aren't going to be, like, a, a dominant offensive rebounding team, then they at least need to be a good defensive rebounding team, which we did see tonight. So that's that's really where I think that's that's going to be the rub so far is not so much the offensive rebounding, but the defensive rebounding side of it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. That's going to be important for this team. Um, all right. Retroflow said Malik Beasley's back to normal. <laughs> we need Dwight Howard. So not getting into the Dwight part of it here, but Beasley three for 10 shooting for the Bucks, two of five from deep. I mean, that's 40%. That's good. Five boards, a couple of assists for Malik Beasley. Are you as surprised as I am that the Bucks are using or, or intend to use Malik Beasley as their primary point of attack defender on the perimeter i thought that was the funniest thing to come out of preseason so far <laughs> and I, I hope he has a great season like i hope he does well but that that feels like they're misusing him it almost sounds like uh pat bev three and d wing yes yeah yeah when the lakers are coming out and saying pat Bev, he's really a wing you know he's six one and, and they're calling him it just it doesn't make a lot of sense I, he is I think he can. He's an okay defender. We saw some poor defending from him last season, but I think he can be an okay defender. I think if you're asking him to do that, you're ask, you're probably asking him for a role that he's not particularly suited for. And we'll see. Who knows? If it works out, great. That means he's going to make a lot more money next summer. And so I, I hope it does work out for him. But I was surprised when I saw that that was the decision they were going to go with, particularly when I think Pat Connaughton does a decent job defensively, and he's still coming off the bench. I thought he would have been the pick to go in at the two, but instead it's going to be Beasley. Um, yeah, he's, he's right back into a starting role and on a veteran minimum contract. This is his chance this season with the Bucs to play his way into a much bigger deal. So I hope it works out for him, but I was I was very surprised that Beasley is being given the 3 and D role next to Dame. Yeah, that's that's certainly a choice. I mean, I understand given, you know, Dame's defensive limitations, but can we also talk about how Pat Connington and campaign were playing garbage time against South Bay? That was weird, but we've seen that from a few teams now. Like Lonnie Walker was playing in, in garbage time minutes when the Lakers played the Nets. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's funny. You've got these, you know, it's the Lakers have Demoy Hodge out there and all these rookies and you've got, and they're going up against Jonathan Kaminga, Pat Connaughton, like guys who aren't necessarily starters, but are solid NBA players with experience. It's a bit weird that teams are leaving their guys in. Or maybe it's weird that the Lakers aren't because everybody seems to be doing it except for, except for the Lakers. I don't know. Well, when you know, when the Lakers zig, 
When everyone zigs, Lakers zag. <laughs> Lakers got a zag. Lakers um, got a zag. Well, okay. As far as the Kaminga point, though, I just wanted to point out, like, I think the Warriors need him to be really good this year. So I think they're just kind of mm-hmm. force feeding him reps as the guy off the bench. So I, I understand that. But having veterans like Connington and campaign still like playing like with like four or five minutes left in the quarter when the game's done, like that was weird to me. That was. That was indeed. It was strange. It was strange. But you know what? Everybody prepares for the season however they want. Um, I said it over on playback during the game. You pretty much, you just, you throw out the entire second half because the Bucks were still playing their guys. The Lakers weren't. I, what I took away from this game is that the Lakers missing a bunch of guys played just about the whole Bucks roster to pretty much a standstill, pretty much even um, at halftime of this game. Again, it's preseason. You're going to try some things. You're not going to execute exactly the same way, but I thought overall when the, when the main players were in there, the Lakers were were pretty impressive in this one. So, Matt, to wrap things up here before we throw over to uh, to Sean Davis for our our post post game show, how are you feeling about the Lakers now heading into Game Six, the final preseason game? Um, I feel pretty good. You know, I think as far as like what I've been looking for for through preseason, I I have not really cared too too much about wins because I figured you know the guys are going to play regular minutes, more teams are going to take this more seriously than the Lakers are. Whatever. Really, what I'm looking for is the identity of this team, how the guys are meshing, who is going to be able to knock down shots when the two stars are drawing all this attention, the Austin Reeves leap from FIBA and the team USA stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think all in all, like pretty much outside of a few issues, like, you know, rebounding and whatnot, like I've been pretty encouraged so far. Like I was tweeting the other day um, that it's kind of weird to see such a good offensive Lakers team because the backbone of this team has been defense for the past mm-hmm. like four seasons. So to see them like score and score efficiently has been a really pleasant surprise to me. And so again, I'm I'm super stoked. I'm still high on this team. Nothing has changed about it. Um and I think you know we're gonna be in for a good season finally, like fingers crossed. Agreed. Agreed. I think we are going to be in store for an excellent season here from the Lakers. I'm excited for it again. We've got preseason coming up uh last game of preseason coming up on thursday against the phoenix suns again you can join us on playback for that playback.tv slash lakers nation and then of course we'll have the regular season starting up right then all right thank you everybody for joining and matt thanks for coming in here this was uh this was a blast great to have you back on yeah man i'm super stuck like uh i'm like lebron james trevor i don't need too many reps to get back into uh, the regular season shit. i like so, it i'm all i'm all, i'm ready to go man like opening night next couple months like basically my, the rest of my life really um it's gonna be all sports and yeah. i gotta tell all the loved ones that uh don't bother me if there's games on it, matt closing things out in style comparing himself to lebron james gotta love it gotta love it that's right all right everybody thank you for joining we do have sean davis with the lakers nation post post game show coming up podcast listeners appreciate all of you make sure you give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcast. That's going to do it for me. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. (laughs) Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.